our praise on this morning's musical inspiration before we start Christian Witches Church was Tasha Cobb, Ready for Overflow. And before that, we had No Reason to Fear. And who was No Reason to Fear by, by J.J. Hairston? Let us align with the divine in mind, in being, in body, in all. Align with this deep breath. Align. No need to pray and talk and talk and talk and talk. Simply be still. Be silent on the inside and align. Deep breath. Align. Alignment. It's wordless. It's silent. Maybe we've been praying too much. Be still and know. Silence. It's called meditation, being still on the inside, be still and align. All awareness, all awareness centered in the heart. This right now moment does not require words, simply silence. Now go to that kingdom of heaven within where everything is perfect. It's already done. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to pray to get it. It's already yours. And go to the kingdom of heaven within. Christ spoke of it. He said there is a kingdom of heaven within. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Go there now. You can go there on demand. Breathe and enter the kingdom of heaven within you. That means leave the hell that is the mind, with its thoughts, endless thoughts, with its vagaries, with its changing back and forth, with its doubts, with its fears, with its, oh, I don't know if I should do that, with its terrors, with its boogeymans and darkness in the night and monsters under the bed. That's hell. Your mind is hell. Leave it and go to the heart where the kingdom of the heaven is. Kingdom of heaven resides within you. It's a choice. It's a choice between love and fear. It's a choice. And we make the choice maybe a million times a day. Make the choice now for love. Make the choice now for the kingdom of heaven. Deep breath. Align your body, soul, spirit, mind, be on one accord. Silence, silencing all the voices within, be on one accord within. You're now on one accord with the entire cosmos, on one accord with the moon. Lunar energies, on one accord with the sun, solar energies. On one accord with the stars, stellar energies. On one accord with the galaxy, galactic energies. On one accord with the cosmos, cosmic energies. On one accord with the planets, planetary energies. On one accord with constellations, the arrangement of stars, constellation energy, order, debris. Now, 
You are silent within now. You are in the kingdom of heaven within now. You are aligned completely with yourself now. You are aligned with the complete cosmos, Ashe. Walk about like this all day, every day. That's all you have to do. Remember yourself as a God being fully aligned and watch magic unfold. And now in this sacred space, we welcome our ancestors from way back. I welcome my Scottish ancestors. Welcome your ancestors from all the nations. All of us, many of us are multinational. Now we welcome our spirit guides into this blessed circle. We honor and welcome the Ascended Masters who teach us nightly in our dreams by stealing our soul away. When I say stealing, I don't mean taking. You steal away, you go to a quiet place as Christ did. He still, he would steal away to a quiet place at night to pray. Well, the same, your soul goes to the teachers of our great ascended masters at night while your body is peacefully resting. Important to get good deep sleep so your soul can learn. And your soul is in these incredible schools with the ascended masters we welcome and honor and beckon the presence of the ascended master Lord Christ, known as Yeshua ben Joseph. Presence of the great prophet Allah, uh, uh, Muhammad, bring praise to Allah. We welcome the presence of the great master teacher, Saint Germain. We welcome the presence of the ascended master Kuan Yin. We welcome the presence of the ascended master Lord Buddha. We welcome Lord Krishna. We welcome all the saints and sages and yogis who are so inclined to pour their love and energy into this space right here, right now that we have chosen to create. Breathe deeply. Knowing that we have all, no one asks for what they already have. No one asks for what they already know is theirs. Let us stop asking and let us own what is already ours by divine birthright and work it. Breathing deeply. And now we move to our message for today. And we are being recorded and this recording is going on the Christian Witches blo uh, podcast, blog and, and podcast. It is going on the Christian Witches podcast and you can hear all so far, you can hear the Sunday ser uh, services, the Sunday inspirational services that take place on Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right now on Clubhouse. And you'll be able to catch the recording there, as well as the other Sunday services that we've had, including the Sunday service we had last week about these two gods of the Bible and what is perplexing about this jealous, rageful, murdering God and this loving, kind, wonderful God. It seems like we have a gods of split personalities or schizophrenic or bipolar. That was last week's message. Today, we dive into the idea of the Messiah. And as a backdrop, we will use the new show 
on Netflix called Messiah. So it kept popping up and I didn't watch it. It kept popping up. I didn't watch it. And finally, I got the opportunity to watch Messiah. I watched it in its entirety. And when it was over, my mouth was hanging open. So anyone who loves Islamic uh, culture and way of looking at the world, the Islamic paradigm, the Christian paradigm, uh, anyone who loves the Middle East, anyone who um, loves the Jewish way of looking at things, the Jewish paradigm, um, anyone who wants to understand more how our worlds are so connected. We think that the Middle East is far away, yet it's not. Well, here's the very fascinating thing about Messiah. It poses a question. What if we had the second coming of Christ and Christ came back like a person and was walking around right now? What would happen? What if we saw a being looking like a human, looking like one of us, walking on water at that great pool in Washington, D.C., where all the monuments are? They call it the mall, yes, in D.C. And there's a big pool of water there. And it's right in the middle of everything. And what if... Christ had his second coming and what if before thousands of onlookers he literally walked on water he literally walked right there on the water on the mall in DC with thousands of people watching right now what would happen to our world well that's what this show explores what would happen if Christ was here if the Messiah was here Second coming. Isn't that what everyone's talking about? Second coming, second coming, second coming. They say, well, he's coming on a cloud. Yes, that's what they say. But in reality, do we really know what the second coming will look like until he gets here? Did anyone know what the first Messiah looked like until he got here? No. We have in our minds what we think it'll look like, or maybe you don't think it's going to happen at all, or you think it's happening now. There are many ideas, none wrong, none right, none really provable. That's one big thing I have with atheists. They can't prove there's not a God. You can't, they, you know, their big thing is, well, you can't prove God. Well, you can't prove that there's not a God either. So there we have it. You have to go in your own direct experience. Oh, and I have a direct experience of God. Trust me. And I know you do too. If you're hearing this. Well, if the Messiah were here, we couldn't prove. According to the Netflix show, you can't prove that he is the Messiah, but you can't prove that he's not the Messiah either. You see, because when the first Messiah was here and he did the miracles, some believed, some didn't. Everyone didn't have to believe. Some saw, some didn't. There was a lot of chaos around him. People wanted to kill him. Eventually, he gave up his life because he said, you can't kill me. You cannot take my life from me. I can't give it up. And that's what he did. He chose to give it up at the appointed time. So if the Messiah were on the planet right now, what would happen? That is the question that this Netflix show presents to us. And it's a profound question because you see all kinds of people's reactions. Now, the very logical person 
who is the protagonist of the story. Well, I guess the Messiah is the protagonist of the story, but she's a protagonist in her own right. She works for a very concrete agency and she wants things very concrete. And she says, this man is a liar, he's a fraud, and I'm going to prove it and I'm going to take him down. See, this is not logical. And then we have the logical mind. If we were looking at it in the swords, she would be something like the queen of swords. Straight up, no chaser. I'm just going to approach this thing logically. Forget about the heart. Forget about my intuition. And he sat down and he looked at her. He talked to her. And he told her her name. And he told her things about herself that made her gasp. But she ignored all that. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know how you know that. Maybe you looked up a dossier because she understood that kind of language because she keeps dossiers on people. She worked for a government agency. Well, that was the logical way of looking at the Messiah. You're not real. She saw him walk on water. No, there has to be a logical explanation for this. That's the logical way of looking at things. We have many ways of looking at things. We have billions of ways of looking at things. There's billions of people on the planet, and there's even more people off planet. Beings. I won't call them people. Beings. There's, there's, more, there's more beings in this whole universe than we could even imagine. There are countless ways of looking at things. She chose logic. Logic was going to rule her whole life. And people that choose logic as their only, as their highest prize, uh, it's not a complete way of looking at things, but it is one way of looking at things because people with logic have to ignore all their intuition because the intuition is opposite of logic. It's not logical. How do you think of somebody and then they call you? It's not logical. How do you dream something and then it happens? It's not logical. How do you have a deja vu? It's not logical. How do you smell your grandmother's perfume and your grandmother's been dead for 25 years? It's not logical. How does the dog look at you right at the time that you're having some worry thought and come over and, and lick you or lay right on you and look at you and you know the dog is conveying to you love? That's not logical. I mean, 80 to 90 percent of the things that happen in this whole big universe are not logical. So if you are only approaching this whole great universe with logic, it probably will fall short, even though logic is a wonderful instrument in our arsenal. It's almost like saying you're going to fight a war, but you're only going to use one weapon. It's one weapon of many. Humans are multidimensional. We have logic. We have intuition. We have the so-called the sixth sense. We have the five senses. We have memory. We, we're multidimensional. We have connections. We have connections. Now they're showing we have invisible connections to the quantum field. Now we're looking at quantum entanglement. That's not logical because that's not concrete. How can you explain quantum entanglement to completely different? Uh, I don't know if you call them atoms or what you call them, two completely different particles separated by distance. And you, one and the other one do the same thing at the same time. How are they communicating with each other? How are they doing this? This is not logical according to what we know thus far. So if you are ruled by logic, logic is a great tool. Oh, I'm an air sign. I love logic. I love spreadsheets. I was a financial advisor for seven years. I know if I get carried away on that train, I will miss my intuition. The head is very loud where logic lives. Intuition lives in the gut. It speaks softly. It's a whisper. So if the head is just talking so loud, how can we tune into the still small voice? 
the whisper of intuition go this way. Well, that's not logical. Why am I going that way? And you go that way and you avoid something that was terrible the other way that you normally go. What, what is happening here? Something's leading me? Something's speaking to me? Something's showing me a way that's better than what I thought? What is this something? I don't know. Call it God, higher self, holy guardian angel. We have many names for it. doesn't matter. Universe, universe, uh, great spirit, or source, infinite intelligence. It's all of that. And it's none of that because you can't even put it in words. So that was the logical approach to the Messiah. This doesn't make sense. This was her bottom line. Even though she saw the man walk on water, she saw the man tell her about her life. She looked in the man's eyes and her tuition told her, this man knows what he's talking about. This man, her intuition was talking to her. She was like, forget all that. I'm going to bring you down because you're a liar and you're a fraud and you're a cheat. Okay. So that was the logic voice. Then we had the voice of the believer. There was a pastor and I'm not going to know spoiler alerts. I'm not going to tell you how it, how it turned out. You have to make up your own mind. You have to exercise critical thinking and not critical thinking only. You've got to go to your intuitive nature and you've got to intuit your way and you've got to bring together this whole thing in a way that is satisfying for you. And then we have the believer, the believer, the believer. And so we could call the believer the wands in the tarot. So the logical person, the logical protagonist, she was just all about logic. She is the swords. She's air. And then we have the believer. He's a pastor. And he, he just wants to believe, you know, the people that just want to believe that's wands. That's your spiritual nature that we all have this spiritual calling that we, it's all that we, we, it's not about a God personage. There's no person God. It's, it's this infinite isness and we're in awe and we see a baby born and we cry and we see this amazing sunset and we're just, and if we live a mystical life, we cry a lot. And we, we see the awe of a leaf and of a flower and it's exquisite and we cannot put it into words. And so we burst into tears. This is awe. This is our spiritual self speaking. We're not one dimensional as we mentioned, we're multidimensional. So we had that person that was the believer. He wanted to believe and, and his belief was shaken. And just as he was almost to the place where he didn't believe anymore, here came the Messiah. Giving him something to believe in. Now, believers, this can be dangerous. Because believers can go either way. They can be zealots like I used to be when I was 26 years in the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on doors all over the place. You could be a zealot or a fanatic a believer because you just believe you believe you want to believe and you believe in what people tell you and you believe it even though it goes against your own lived experience and you believe it even though it goes against your intuition and something in you is like mm -mm, but you still want to believe I understand that I lived it yet that longing for our spiritual self to unfold, that soul calling that we all have, we're all souls. Some people put it in art, 
Some people put it in music. Some people put it in poetry. All of these that lift the soul. We have a longing for this. We have a longing for meaning. We have philosophy. We have religion. We have science. We have mathematics. We have geometry. We're looking for things. We're searching the stars. We have a longing to go beyond where we are. That's beautiful. We want to believe. And so people find things to believe in. They believe in science or they believe in history or they believe in archaeology or some believe in a God that they can not see and some believe in Jesus and some believe, you know, we get these beliefs. That's what he was. He was a, a believer. He wanted to believe, he wanted to have faith. And he even said, we have our beliefs. Yeah, but do your beliefs and do your beliefs align with the universe? Because if they don't, your beliefs are trash. And soon they will be thrown in the trash because life will show you that what you believe, life with a capital L, will show you that what you believe is out of order and alignment with this whole entire universe. Well, what did the believers say? Well, we know what the believers said. It's Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. We knew that. The man probably could have just said, I'm the Messiah. And the believer would have believed it because the, the dark shadow side of believe is you don't prove anything. You don't test anything. That's blind belief. You don't research anything. You don't go deeper into what do these things really mean? It's just blind belief. He was the believer. And so you have the path that he took. Now, of course, the believer was very different from the logic person. They were at opposite ends of the spectrum because these people don't even belong in the same camp. And then we had the one who was all in her feelings. Here comes the cups. She was so deep in her feelings. She was so uh, embroiled in what was going on in her life. She could barely manage all her feelings. She was trying to escape. And so when, a, when he came, when she saw the Messiah, she had a very different reaction to him than the logical person and then the believer. She looked at him like, why are you here? She was more questioning and open. She was flowing with her emotions like, how do I feel around this man? I mean, and this man was so poised. He was so peaceful. They kidnapped him. They arrested him. The president called to see him. You'll see all this in the show. And this man was, as you would expect Jesus to be, and he had the long hair kind of going along with what people would think, and he was from the Middle East. So that kind of checks the boxes of what people would kind of expect from a Messiah. So this one who was deep in her heart feelings, he said, I came for you. And she was like, what? Why? And he didn't give any answers because he's speaking cryptically because he's a Messiah. And then next thing you know, they have some kind of connection. And then people get suspicious of that connection. And then the whole world is being upset because of this man. And the logical person who works for the government agency says, see, that's why I told you he's a terrorist, because terrorists come to upset the order of things. And she was just scratching and scratching the surface, scratching the surface, go deeper and deeper and deeper and doing her investigation. And even the other people at the government agency told her she was a conspiracy theorist because she was just going for these wild loo She had to get an explanation. Some things don't have an explanation. And then you had the people who were just 
in it. They didn't care what he said. They didn't care what he did. They were on side. Loyal. Just loyalists. Very loyal. And then you have the people that said, we're just going to follow him. We don't know what it is. They were just following that, hundreds and thousands of people. They're just following him. They don't know where he's going, if he really is the Messiah, or what he can take him to. And then you had the people who hated him, and they wanted to kill him. They said, we're getting rid of this. And they did. And I won't, no spoiler alerts. They did their level best to kill him. But what happens if you kill a Messiah? I think we understand what happened. Somehow it's not going to, somehow that <laughs> mission is going to be foiled because somehow the Messiah is still going to rise. Somehow, I mean, that's what Messiahs do. But they thought that they could foil this thing and just put an end to this thing, just make this thing go away because this man is just, he's causing turmoil all over the world. And it asks many questions. As a matter of fact, the show on Netflix Ask more questions than it answers because it's getting you. I love shows that get you to see what would you think. It's not telling you what to think. It's asking you questions. What if the Messiah showed up right now? What would it look like on the world stage? What would the CIA do about it? What would the governmental agencies do about it? What would happen in the Middle East? What would the Islamic people do about it? What would the believers in Christianity do about it? What would the people who are hurting, you saw all these different kinds of people, the people that are hurting and sick and they need a savior, what would they do about it? What would the people who were just hardened, there was just someone in there that was just so hardened, we could call him like stone. He was like the earth suit in the pentacles. And he was like the pentacles. We had all four of the suits in the tarot there. And he was very grounded. He was very, he was just, he just took everything literal. And he was very, very, very of the earth. And there was nothing beyond this. And too uh, deeply rooted in the sense perception of life. Total earth, total body. That was it. That was all he was about. Look at it and see who you can pick out who's who in the tarot. In the Messiah. Then ask yourself some questions. Is there a second coming of Christ? Did Christ come a first time? What is the concept of a Messiah? And I'm not talking about asking these questions. I ask these questions, even though people have answered these questions many, 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 many times. If you're in Christianity, they told you the answer to the question. I'm not talking about those answers. I'm talking about going deep within your soul and coming to your own answers. I'm talking about going deep within yourself and having the conversation with the universe because the universe is you and you are the universe going deep within yourself where the questions are answered definitively for you, not for everybody else, for you in a way that you can understand it. Go deep within yourself. What is Messiah? Write it out. Journal it out. Be with it. Reflect on it. Meditate on it. What is the first coming? What is the second coming? What does it have to do with me? I'm always asking questions. I know nothing. You know, I'm like that lady in... Game of Thrones, she used to tell Jon Snow, you know nothing, Jon Snow. I'm like that. I know nothing. I'm just asking a lot of questions. I'm not solidified in anything beyond my own lived experience. Everything else beyond your own lived experience is a theory, pretty much. You can't prove it and you can't disprove it. 
So what can you go back? And there's many theories, billions of theories. So what, tons of conspiracy, conspiracy theories. So what do you have to go on? You only ever have your own lived experience to go on at the end of the day. You know, we go to ayahuasca experiences, plant medicine experiences. Everyone lays down in the same place. All the, the cots are all laid out. Everyone drinks the same brew from the exact same ayahuasca plants. It's two plants, they put them together and brew them. Everyone drinks the same brew. Everyone has the same shaman in there, blowing the tobacco, clearing the space, the rattles, seeking the ikaros. We went through the same ritual. Everyone in the place went through the exact same ritual. And let's say it's 11 of us, right? Sacred number 11, first master number. So there's 11 of us in the ayahuasca experience. I've laid down in the ayahuasca experience many, many, many times. All different kinds of people, people from all over the world, people from all faith walks, people from all religions, people from all different cultures. Now, let me ask you a question. 11 of us lay down in the same place, we're all in a circle, drink the same brew with the same ayahuasca, the same blankets. Everybody has the exact same blankets. Everyone has the exact same water they're drinking. Why is it that when you go under, you're going to have 11 different experiences and none of them will be anything like the one next door? That's what you trust. But I see people putting their trust in the ayahuasca. The ayahuasca is not the, the thing. The ayahuasca is a ladder. The ayahuasca is a key in the, in the door to open the door. What's on the other side of the door is what you desire. That's, that's the gift. Why are 11 people, 11 souls, having 11 different experiences? One is on a spaceship. One is seeing these beings working over them. Oh, he's here. Literally, someone took one of these plant medicine, had a plant medicine experience. And literally, he said he went up. If every, if every one of the 11 of us described the experience, it would be radically different. None of us went to the same place in the universe. None of us. So this person, he went up and he said there were these beings, like he was laying down, just like he was on Earth. In the third dimension, what his body was doing, this is where his consciousness went. He was laying down and all these beings were looking at him. They were like smaller beings, more like, um, not dwarf-like, but more like um, elven in flavor. And they were examining him. Like they were looking at different parts of his body. Like he was surrounded by like a group of them. Not a whole bunch of them, but you like a group of them. And they were more looking at him in curiosity. They were not antagonistic. I've never met an antagonistic being anywhere in any of my ayahuasca journeys, and I've had a lot. And this particular experience, he said that they looked at him, and they were looking at him, and they said, oh, he's here. And then almost like they were expecting him. And they were looking at him, they were checking his body, they were probably checking his energetic field, they were probably checking the molecules, the particles, all of that in his body, the energy currents, they were probably looking at all these different things because these beings were in a different dimension. There's multiple, there's infinite, countless dimensions. And you could land up on any particular dimension according to higher self. Because in the ritual, of course, you're protected and you are 
in higher self and all of the negative energies and energies have all been scattered, booted out of there. Straight energies, untoward spirits, you know, spirits that is none of those spirits are there. So it's nothing to fear. All those spirits have been booted out. And because you're in a ritual and you're going according to the ritualistic unfoldment of how this thing is supposed to happen on the ancestral land where it's supposed to happen. That's why we do ayahuasca in Peru. I have done ayahuasca in other places other than Peru. I've done it in Mexico. I've done it in Miami yet the in the United States because there is a, a ayahuasca experience that is um, ayahuasca retreat experience that is legal in the United States. So you can do it in the United States if you desire. If you're like in the church of ayahuasca and that's your sacrament is ayahuasca, even though generally it's illegal. Yet, if you're on the ancestral land, you also have the power of the earth spirits in that place where it grew. Well, they looked at him, these beings, they said, oh, okay. And they were checking him over, checking him over. And then they said, okay, he's going back now. And literally, when he was finished, he left and he was back in his body and set up like, what was that? I didn't see those beings. I saw something else. I was somewhere else. Your higher self knows where it's taking you. So how can you trust anything? I, I don't know. I'm listening to his experience. I thought it was fabulous. I thought it was fa fantastic. I listened to it. I thought it was amazing. I, I, when I say fantastic, I don't mean fantastic as a fantasy isn't hard to believe. I mean fantastic like this is amazing that you had this experience. That wasn't my experience. So the only thing you can go on is your own lived experience. That's the only thing spirituality does call you to go on is your own lived experience. What is your experience of God? It's unlike anyone else's. What is your experience of the planet? It's unlike anyone else's. And that's the number one arbiter of how you conduct yourself and comport yourself is based on your own deep inner lived experience. That way you don't have to believe in things that people tell you. And you can live by resonance. I was never, I never had a really big resonance for astrology, Western astrology. My resonance is in the galactic signature, Mayan, the Mayan way of looking at things. And now I live down here in Mexico with the Maya. It's very fascinating where your soul will take you. It's very fascinating. That's my lived experience. It's your journey. You're walking it. So you must come to these conclusions on your own. And when I say own, I mean capital O, higher self. The divine source within you is giving you the information of which way to go for you, what's right for you, what to listen to, what to hearken to, what to read, what to enter into as a spiritual practice. We are starting initiation soon. We have an initiation Zoom tomorrow night on Monday night. So if you go to christianwitches.com forward slash initiation, it will take you there. And on that page, you'll see the current information because you may be listening to this podcast before or after the initiation webinar. So we have an initiation. It's like a masterclass on how initiation unfolds in Christian witchcraft. And that's, that's going to be available to you forever because that's an important thing to understand. Well, aren't you called to that? 
You would be called to initiation as a Krishna witch, or maybe you're called to initiation as a Hoodoo practitioner, or maybe you're called to initiation in Yoruba, or maybe you're called to initiation in Kandable, or maybe you're called to initiation in Voodoo, Vodan, Vodun, Voodoo, different strands of the same core spirituality. Or maybe you're called to be an Akan priestess. I know an Akan priestess, I know a couple of Akan priestesses, quite, quite amazing. You're called to this. I wasn't called to be an Akan priestess. They were. I wasn't called to be a Yoruba priestess because trust me, as many Yoruba people as I'm around, I would have already been one of those Orishas would have already got my head and put me down there and given me the beads and everything else. That didn't happen. That was not my calling. What is my calling? My calling is Christian witchcraft. That's my calling. You just have to understand your lane and stop being curious about things and instead go on your calling. It's resonance deep within yourself. And when I say curious and stop being curious, don't ever stop being curious as in curious to learn more. I'm talking about don't just try things out of curiosity. Let me put that mastery distinction in there. I'm curious about Santeria. Maybe I should be a Santeria. Maybe I should go to this Babu Wow and see what's up. Wow. Is that what higher self said? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Well, if you don't know, it's a no. Because whatever you get from higher self, you know it. It's a yes. It's either a hell yeah or it's a no. It's like, it's not like, hmm, I wonder if I should go over there and do that. That's not how higher self operates. And how do we know exactly the call of our soul? Be still, as we did at the beginning of this conversation. Be still and know. Be still and go within. We're going to wrap up. Robert, you want to hop on stage? You want to share anything with us before we chill and go? I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're in the room. I don't know if you can speak. I don't know if you're in a place where you can speak. Okay, okay, go Robert. How you loving? Love well. How are you? How's everybody? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm complete. Everything was great. Everything was great. Have you seen the show on Netflix? Have you seen Messiah? I did. I watched it when it was on. Amazing. What were your thoughts? What were your what was your take on it? I want to hear your take on it. So, uh, first and foremost, when I saw the uh, the setting, I said, "Oh, this is going to be different," simply because it was uh, nothing of the American symbolism that we've been taught to believe. Being that uh, this was the one that uh, took place over in. Uh, 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 in the Arab country, right? Yes. Exactly. Whew. I thought it was brilliant because it took all the concepts that you were taught, flipped ahead on them. I actually, I actually wanted more. I, I mean, I, wow. And 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 wow, so much of my brain is flexing. Like like you said, what would it look like? I, I honestly believe their depiction is true. They would do everything to destroy, discredit, to kill, to uh, prove to 
accept what they're told without doing their own research and their own belief, and they would totally annihilate the, if, you know, if Jesus or the Messiah were to show up physically here. I mean, I thought that was brilliant. And then the ending, like after you discredited everything, and even the viewer was made to believe that this man has really played you all. And then that plane crashed, boy, ooh. That was powerful. I was watching with family. Everybody was in tears. And in all of that, even everything they did to discredit, to kill, to this and that, he still was forgiving when he, uh, after the plane crashed. I mean, I won't tell it for those that haven't seen it, but I, I loved it. I wanted more, but of course it didn't continue. Why do you think Netflix did not renew it they say uh i don't know there's some question around that i honestly believe because about when it was released uh about two days later the talk online got heated there were a lot of think tanks and people were really really you know talking about it had those that first like i you know were very shocked well wait a minute jesus wasn't blue and blonde hair this is something let me check on this you know and then it became a big thing and people were like well wait a minute and uh, i believe like a lot of these shows when uh you show something different and it gets people to start thinking and people are talking about it then all of a sudden it's yanked and you're like really you didn't have funding when you had it before then and by the uh about three weeks later it was all over the place when I say all over the place I mean it was it made news because it was so big online and everybody was talking about it and recommending it to everyone else to watch and uh, it, it hit too close to home honestly I believe like so many Netflix documentary or shows that hit too close to home somehow they're always uh, an issue and they can't continue Have you, did you find the character, the lead character, very fascinating? Did you find him fascinating? I did indeed. I found him fascinating. I found him assured, uh, never wavering, no matter what was going on. When they told him, the lady that was, uh, I can't remember, a friend of his, the lady that was working with him, the researcher, tried to tell him everything was going on. He was just like, yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, when they tried to get him uh, on being in a room with the child that was sick and, and trying to make it out to be something completely ludicrous, he was like, yes, I know. Just, but and an actor that played it, he just, it was, it was incredible. I, I get a lot of um, feeling that his portrayal in America being blonde and blue-eyed is, uh, hmm, uh, arrogant. Wow. They say that they made him look like Cesare Borgia. Uh, the Romans made uh, Jesus look like. Cesare Borgia was sort of their... Template. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? To me, I mean, uh, it resonated because first and foremost, I felt like, oh, well, they got the setting closer to what we're used to. So I'm like, all right, I like that. And the people, the surrounding people all look like what the depiction of the words in the Bible were. I'm like, oh, I like that. 
<laughs> so it resonated to me. It was different. I was like, I, I, I loved it. I loved it as well. Did you know? Did you know that he has no social media? Medi Debbie. His name is Medi Debbie. The the, uh-huh. the actor. Right? The actor. He has no social media. Because you go looking for him, you will not find him anywhere. It's very fascinating, isn't it? I love it. And he said when they called him for the role, he was at a yoga retreat. He says every time they call him for a, yo- a role, he's like a yoga re- He's like a yogi. He's like really a spiritual person, a deeply spiritual person. And that explains person. his portrayal, though. Mm-hmm. That would explain the deep, you know, the layers of his portrayal. The, 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 okay, I get that. some alignment with who he really is. There you are. Thank you, Rev. Exactly. There you are. That's it. I found him to be fascinating. You know what else I found out that was very fascinating? His name is Medi. Medi mm-hmm. Debbie. And that the one who is to be the liberator of the Islamic people is called the Medi. But the Medi, isn't this fascinating? But this is his name in real life. But it's spelled slightly differently. But it's pronounced exactly the same. So in Islamic culture, in the Islamic uh, tradition, the Mehdi is spelled M-A, is spelled with an M-A. And his name is spelled with an M-E. His real life born name is Mehdi. And the Mehdi, even though in Arabic it has an A, it's pronounced the exact same. And I'm looking at that like, this is really close. There's something there. Like, you know how you sniff? There's something there with that dude. There's something there with him. And I have to admit, I was one of the people that begged for more. And uh, it didn't happen, though. Yeah, me too. You know, they also say that some interesting things happened on set as they were filming. And there's even this little video on YouTube where it shows some kind of being in the background when he's talking to the girl on the bridge. Um, yeah. Uh, you would imagine that there would be a lot of spirits on a set like that. Of course. No doubt. Right. We even, we even mentioned it when, when, uh, when the family were watching at the end with the plane crash. That was very visible. You know how those things are plane crash and uh, the way they filmed it to show you would think that everyone had passed when he got up. It's just mind-boggling, you know. And someone actually said, can you imagine uh, the spirits that would be around, you know, watching that? Yeah. And you know what was also fascinating about it, that every time he got in front of someone that didn't believe, and he would just start reading them, Oh man, that thing would be, it would be tearing straight into them, wouldn't it? Like knife, like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. But, but, and then, I mean, and after that, if you still didn't believe, I mean, it was so many, you know, points in that, in that show. 
if he if he were on the planet now, do you think it would have unfolded somewhat similar to that? I honestly do. I honestly do because we're in such a cynical time. If he were to show up and we saw that miracle on TV, which started the whole thing, it would be so many people on the news on any any uh, informational credit that if you even had some belief or if you even had a question some most would probably be they would find comfort in someone disproving it because mind you now that's one of the things in the bible and it's fearful to a lot of people the great tribulation or jesus coming back or hearing a horn blow first of all that fear we know what fear does to people so if that were to come all those things would happen i know that to be true and they would capture him. And you think that they would uh, somehow try to do away with him? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. If, if they had a question, let's say if he was questioned enough and he knew everything about everyone, that adopt, if there was curiosity, I do believe that they would try and, uh, what is it, uh, 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 find out what the body is. What do you do? Like the, like you say, the aliens do. Try and figure out, is this a, a being here? Is this something, something? Because as we know, the government knows about other beings that have visited here. So there would be that same curiosity. Is this from here? What is this body like? What is this? Is this skin, flesh? Is this blood? Da, da, da. But then ultimately do away. Absolutely. Because he would bust up everything if he came. And they had that. And you saw a miracle on TV like that, right? It, it would completely shatter our paradigm. It would, there you go, exactly. And we can't have that. We, we can't have our paradigm shattered some more like they've already been for the last 18 months. You ain't lying about that, hello? So, what was your bottom line take on it? From your experience, from your way of looking at it, was he the Messiah, the second coming? If, if it if it um, if it played out just like that, right? As it played out, there was no doubt to me that he had proven over and over again that he was a. If you want to say the, I won't say the, but he was a. He was a messenger. He was a uh, a being that knew. Uh, he came to tell the truth. He was a messiah. To me, there was no doubt. I knew it sort of from the beginning, but as it went on and on, and then they tried to make the doubt, and I just kept going, nah, nah. And it wasn't so much uh, uh, that it was titled that. It could have been titled Peter, and I'd have went, hmm, now that's interesting to me. Um, All the... Yes, to me, yes. And the ending, to me, just proved it. That, for me, in my life, my being, that's how, uh, yes, I would say yes. So, if the Messiah came again, or when the Messiah comes again, even after 2,000 years of talking about him coming again, his coming again would be just as disruptive, uh, even more disruptive than the first yes. time. Even after 2,000 years of going to church and everything else, preparing for it, it would even be more disruptive than the first time. It would be. Well, it then that be. must mean that we're all retards, then we ain't learn nothing. We ain't learn hello? Yeah. And now you've brought up 
brought to mind the same thing because they we had the cross and the whole killing us. It's the same thing, exactly. And when I say the word retards, please don't take that as political. I know that's politically incorrect. I'm talking about a person that don't have good sense, not a person who was born challenged, okay? Let's make a difference. There are people that choose to be imbeciles, okay? And then there are people that have been born with challenges, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about people that just choose to be dumb. There's a lot of people like that. They just choose it. Because we keep doing the same thing over and over. Over and in fact, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It would just be on uh, our devices now, televised worldwide. Exactly. And so it wouldn't be on the side of, of the mountain. It would be on your exactly. device. <laughs> right. The second coming is on Facebook. Yeah. Because yes, people would put it on Facebook, of course. They would put oh, it on no all the social platforms, right? So, That's right. Mm. So what are we to take away from that? So indeed, okay, it was, it was the Messiah. He proved it. What is that meaning for us in our lives? Like, how is that practical? Like, you know that existential question we're always asking, like, what's it all for? Like, what's it all what's mean? It all? Yeah, what's exactly. it for? Exactly. Well, you know, if we are to believe again that he came as an example, even in that, if you didn't believe he was the Messiah or if you didn't believe whatever, what example did he come? You ask yourself, like you said, go in and ask, what example did he set? What was his purpose? Even in that, you know, uh, Netflix show. What example would you take from that? What was his purpose in the show? In the end, what did you come to? What did you believe his purpose was in that? how he looked in the physical because it did challenge the whole blonde, blue-eyed Jesus thing. It did, did it not? Yeah. And you, this is the first thing I said, oh, copper skin and bull hair. Hmm. <laughs> it says it right in the Bible. It says it right. I didn't make it up, right? Yet, it seems that the brainwashing would be stronger even than the book that people profess to believe. Because the brainwashing by the Romans for a long time has been to put this blonde, sorry, sad-looking dude Uh in front of you with with blonde, you know, with the long hair that never, that was a virgin, that never had any interest in a woman at all. I mean, that's bizarre. It's weird as far as I'm concerned. No love interest whatsoever. Um, Very strange. Yeah, and and you were around women all the time. Like he was around lots of women, lots of women. 
None of them there was a connection, but then we do know that the scrubbed Mary Magdalene. Magdalene, exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. And the denigration. Like, why did the Catholic Church purposely denigrate her and smear her name to call her a harlot when she was never a harlot, never referred to it in the Bible as a harlot? And of course, they had to go back and recap that and, and issue apologies. Uh, when this was the divine counterpart to the Christ presence, Mary Magdalene. Exactly. I did not, you know, 30-some years, Rev, I did not know that. It blew my mind how integral she was. The story of the 12 men was the most important. That's what was taught. Now, I speak of my experience only. Those 12 disciples and my learning growing up all the years were much more important than any uh, woman. Yeah, yeah, that's the way we got the story. And what's also fascinating about it is that in the Gnostic way of looking at it, which I do sense is a more accurate way of looking at the Christ experience, the Gnostics say that there was the great source, like the great spirit, undifferentiated. And the first thing that came forth from the great spirit was Barbello, and Barbello is feminine. So it wasn't that Barbello, yeah, Barbello is the great mother spirit, and, and mostly all of the traditions that are ancient traditions do tell of us, us of a great mother experience, right? And Mother Mary, of course, is our, is our great mother of Christianity. So right, all the religions have a great mother, or all of them have an Isis figure. Exactly, that's right, yes. Except, you know, Christianity, the three that issued from Abraham, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism uh, had the scrubbing of the divine feminine, whereas before the scrubbing, all gods and goddesses had feminine and divine counterparts. Yes. They were all in couples. Isis and Osiris, they were all in couples. And sometimes the pairing, it was all divine, feminine, masculine. And maybe the pairing was um, a brother and sister that were also mother, that were also uh, um, husband and wife or, or divine counterparts. They were coupled together. And it's very fascinating that Christianity made millions of people believe that it's just father. Well, where's Mother God? No, it's just Father. That You don't have that in your life. That's not even your lived experience. And if you look in your lived experience, what is the strongest family component in your life? It's probably your mother's ancestral family. Why do I live in, a, in Mexico and in Latin America? In, the Latin, you, in Latin American countries, you have to have your mother's and your father's name, if, even when you open an account. You can't open the account without a maternal family name and a paternal family name. In the United right. States, it's only the paternal, right? Exactly, yes. So there's no culture where the maternal is not, if not the equal force, <laughs> the prominent, dominant force, because this force is the force that brought forth the life from the seed of the divine masculine. So she's either on par with the divine masculine or she's somehow upheld because, you know, Isis... Oh, even though Osiris uh, or Saur and Osat and Horus, their Kemet names, before they moved to the, the Greco-Egyptian and they became Isis, Osiris, and, and Horus. Isis, 
these these goddesses were on par with the gods. They weren't like some. I'm here, yeah, to serve you and bring you, fan you while you rule the people. Like when Set, supposedly, Set, the brother of Osiris, killed Osiris. Osiris, yes. Right? Cut him up into all the pieces. That's Who was right, the yeah. one that went and found him and resurrected him? Was Isis, you know, her yeah, undying love. Yes? Right. These are divine counterparts. And the women ain't, ain't trash. They're not, they, they're badasses. Like, they're doing the things that gods do just like goddesses do them, right? Gods and goddesses are together. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure why we swallowed it. Why did we believe it when right in our own house we had mom and father and we had grandma and grandpa and we knew that grandma most of the time got her way. And grandpa would be like, all right, go ahead. We ain't lying about that. <laughs> we all had a big mama and big mama ran the show. But, but I think, Rev, you have to get to a certain point where you question that because I speak of my experience too in my family. You sort of were born into a family where there are three or four pastors and you're taken to the church as a child when you don't understand anything and you're growing up, even though you're playing with your cousins in church or you're around church, you grow up in it, you hear these things and years and years and years, it just becomes a part of a thing. You recite, you know the word, everybody says, amen, I know that's right, thank you, Jesus. And you take it for what it is and you don't question, you don't question God. So something as simple as you say, well, that's not your experience, look at your home, how does that work? So why would the divine be only a male entity and there's no female? Does that make sense? You don't question it. You don't even put the two together because he is this sky god who's there to love or send you to hell. And I'm down here in this family, this is a situation, and you never get to the point where you question that. When did you start to question it? Traveling the world, Rev. And hearing something and going, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> this is me. And then, man, uh-huh. you, when you travel to another culture, it'll give you a big slap wake up, won't it? It sure will. And the thing I love is you meet people who are just as strong in their belief and knowing that you are. And that's when your walls, well, wait a minute, and a little crack start. Uh-huh. This is what it said. Uh, no, let me show you over here. Let me take you over here. And then you see, like, you know, it scrolls and things. And like, well, if this was written in that, then nobody made this up, then how could this be? This was 3000 BC. And you still going, huh? Well, wait a minute. <laughs> and then what happened to the cracks? They just, once you have cracks in the foundation, I mean, what are you going to do? Exactly. Well, what Robert did was investigated. I remember I, I, I investigated. I went and uh, I was over in uh, Belgium somewhere. There's actually a tower in, uh, uh, what is the name of that place? World Famous Tower. They filmed a movie there. I can't think of the uh, place in the movie. Uh, uh, Bruges. Bruges. And they actually have one of the urns that was held under Jesus' speared side. And this is one of the ones that wasn't you know, told in the Bible and so forth, da, da, da. and I'm sitting there going, huh, what? Went to the priest in the town, this and that, and, you know, they had family watchers, which is something you saw in, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm like, you mean that's real? His whole lineage, all they did was protect that tower. 
I make sure that that urn stayed there. And I just started asking questions. Well, huh? I didn't hear this in the. Oh, you're American, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we get that a lot when we go around the world. Always, oh, you're American. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, look at them, the deluded Americans. <laughs> But I said, I want to, I want to, I'm listening. I'm I'm hearing that there's some things that's either not told, that was lied, not told, or, or, uh, of course, we know translation into all the languages was so incorrect, you know. And uh, that's how the practice started forming for me, and that's when I went to start uh, investigating. And even, like I said, in 30 years, I didn't even know that there were Bibles taken out. I was like, wait a minute, you mean there were what? I, there's more taken out than were put in. That were put in. I did not know that because, again, like, like you say, you grow up with it, you take it, and that's it. And then you meet any resistance. Like, no, that's not correct. <laughs> Traveling the world did it for me. That's beautiful because it's a broader perspective than the little it tiny perspective we have. It is indeed, yes. And then, you know, like you say, if you ask yourself, you think it just, it, it puts the pieces together. If you ever, like you, you know, you questioned and if you were told, Robert, shut up, you know, you ask a question. But I don't understand that. You just said, God said, you know, <laughs> you just told to shut up and don't question. And then when you start to uh, investigate, you know, even more than one other belief and piece them together, you go, that makes much more of a broader sense to me. Of a uh, of a divine being than just what is in King James. Okay, and I'm still I still every time you say that there's a book and I have so many damn books I got off eBay is ridiculous. You started going and getting all those Gnostic gospels and the Book of Thomas and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene and the Gospel of Judas and all of them. Maybe get the wise Christian. Listen, they now uh, eBay sends me requests on anything dealing with spirituality books. Here's a new book, Robert. I'm like, wow. I think in the last three years, I've ordered about 30 books. Wow. On the topic of spiritual, yes. And especially with Christianity and, and cracking it open and understanding the deeper truths and the mysteries, or just all spirituality? I've been reading more on Buddha. I've been reading more on, uh, uh, oh my God, it just goes deep. It's first now. I know I can't learn it all, but the more I know, it just, you know, it resonates and makes more sense. And so now I have that, okay, I can get more of the fuller picture. And uh, that's exciting. Have you been going down rabbit holes? I mean, those rabbit holes, they, they're just fascinating. And you could be in one rabbit hole for years. Exactly. Exactly. I was just watching, there's a new uh, documentary that just came out on uh, Netflix. Uh, they found a whole new tomb and city and family in Egypt called Sakari. Just digging, digging, digging in the sand, looking for one thing and found a whole thing, a whole aspect of Egypt, uh, Egyptology and Egypt things that we didn't even know about. Practices, what they mummified, why they did it, whole new family, a whole nother uh, 
idea about the, uh, you know, the command and so forth. Nothing radical, but just like uh, in the documentary, it shows they've always known about their love for cats, but now they found one where they uh, mummified a lion. I saw that one on Did Netflix. That was fascinating. Exactly. Was that not fascinating and how excited they were? And look at the, I mean, it even resonated with me, the guys that are digging and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm the first one to touch this bone or to see this person in 3,000 years. And they just kept saying praise to Allah and going to, I mean, the whole thing is deep. It's very deep. And you know, I had a really challenging moment watching that because they were saying, this is our home. This was, you know, the, the, the Arab people that were there um, and the Islamic people. And they were saying, because this is ours and this is our ancestors. And I was like, no, it's not. There were black people here before you were. But I mean, do people not know that? Like, that's Africa. You're standing on black soil. You're on the dark continent. But it's very fascinating that all of those things because we can't see beyond our own path. That's another example of we can't see past our own paradigm. I uh-huh. just want to see other paradigms. I want to just see my own. Uh-huh. Love that. Yes. Yes. If we could see other people's paradigms, all the wars would go away because then at least we would have understanding. Understanding, man. And then we would you have know, peace. Right. You know that can't happen, right? I'm working for that world. I'm I'm a hold. I'm holding the light for that world. I'm holding the light, you know. For you know. When I say we can't have that, Mm -hmm. I think of that mindset of you know that uh, that can't have that or doesn't want that because people profit off of what we're in now, you know. So I'm with you though to change that. Exactly. Yeah, the dark forces are out. I mean, these dark forces, I haven't seen the dark forces like they have been working on humanity with this fear in the last 18 months than all my entire life on being on a planet. Yes. And I've been on this planet for many decades. This is the first time I've seen, and a lot of people are saying, I've never seen this before. We keep saying, you keep hearing people say that, right? I've never seen this before. Even people that are like 50, 60, 70, they're like, I've never seen this before. And they've seen a lot of things on this planet. Yeah, we have the right, they have. I know. Yes. So, for us to come together, and that's one of the things that I was talking, that I, I sent a message to the witches this morning in the, in the um, mystery school in the temple, saying that, hey, you know, the world is in darkness. It, it, the world's looking for light. That's us. Yes. The world is looking for light. That you fan your flame and be that blazing light walking around of love and true, and you will dispel, dispel the fear in your presence. You become a messiah. You are that presence. Love it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Wow. Robert, tell it. everyone where they can find your Patreon, and do you want to end us with a, a musical note? Are you able or no? Because I, I know you got to practice and things like that. But you have a Patreon. You're a world-famous singer. You, we are so profoundly blessed to have you in our community. You sung at Christian Witches Convention. The Christian Witches Convention will be coming up again next year in New Orleans. And it will be New Orleans. We'll be in New Orleans. New Orleans! 
the Christian Witches Convention will be in New Orleans Memorial Day weekend. We start on Thursday, which is Ascension Day. Can you believe it, Robert? That's Ascension. Love it, yes. Thursday to Sunday, and then you have Monday off to go play with your family on Memorial Day weekend. Bring the family, because um, of course the Christian Witches Convention is a family experience. And so we'll be up there for four days of magic and mayhem in New Orleans. That's going to be so fun. Tickets will be going on sale on 11-11. So that's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be super fun. And uh, you have a Patreon. What's your Patreon? Because we're recording on the Christian Witches podcast, which you can get at ChristianWitches.com. We're simply magical people that, that aspire to Christ consciousness. That's all. It's nothing big and mysterious about Christian witches. We're not eating babies. And we're not, yeah, we don't eat babies. You know, all that stuff that people run when they see the word witch. Oh my God, the witches. Uh, which is simply a, a powerful person, witch, wizard, warlock, mage, whatever you desire to call yourself, right? There's some person who's aware of their magic and they work it to consciously create their life. And um, they're doing it in, in desire for ascension in Christ consciousness. That's really all it is. It's not mystical and it's not cryptic. It's very simple. To me, it's very simple. But I don't know if people like to make it up to be a lot more than it is. I just say, hey, if you want to read the Bible and practice magic, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Props. Props to you. So, Because so many magical people, once they became magical, they threw away the Bible. They threw away all the Christianity. Right? Yes. Because we got mad. I did for a while. I put all my Bibles in the basement. I was like, I'm over it. I locked the door. I put all my magic books, all that stuff. I mean, my magic books. Because I didn't have no rap magic books. That was completely forbidden. I had all these Bibles and, you know, pamphlets and all that. You know, the Witnesses, they're a publishing company. The Jehovah's Witnesses are a publishing company. People think they're a nonprofit religion. They're not. They're not nonprofit. They are a for-profit publishing company. And you can look it up at profitable corporations all over the world at billions, to the tune of billions, those Witnesses. And they publish all of these books. It's called the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Right? Yeah, and that's the truth. And yep. you know all them books, they would pile you up with books and books and books and books and books and books. Oh my God. And magazines and magazines and magazines. So I took all of it, all the Bibles, everything. I put it all in the basement, in, in my basement, in the closet, locked the door, closed the door and turned my back on it and it, I was over it. Done. And then, you know, uh, I went on to study Buddhism. That was where I began, Buddhism. And my mother was having a fit. She was like, oh my God, Valerie, do you know that's the devil? I'm like, it's Buddha. I don't think Buddha's the devil. No, 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 Valerie, that's how the devil gets you because he makes you think that it's not him. I'm like, this devil is a really smart ass dude. I want to meet him because, oh my God, we're running from him and we're talking about him, but I have no evidence for him. I've been on this planet for many years. I have no evidence for a devil even to this day. Crazy humans, yes. The egoic mind, yes. Nuts, yes. Devil, no. Not as it's been perpetrated on humanity. I'm writing a book, Seven Lies About Christianity. Seven Biggest Lies of Christianity. <laughs> is that title better than Christians You've Been Lied To? Which, which title is better? The Seven Biggest Lies of Christianity or Christians You've Been Lied To? Which, which title is better? Because it wasn't going to be Christians You've Been Lied To like the series on YouTube, the Forbidden Knowledge series. But which one do you like? Seven Biggest Lies of Christianity? 
that one kind of got that visceral response from me. I'm then that's ready for that one. I, I heard you say, ooh. I'm like, ooh, I, I think I'm on to something. Robert said, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert, I know you, you, you're not shell-shocked by what I say anymore because you've been in many of my <laughs> forbidden knowledge conversations <laughs> talking about baby Jesus killing people yeah, and all of that I stuff. Know, right? <laughs> I think baby Jesus got a lot of people. They were like, no, Jesus wasn't killing people. This uh, <laughs> story was my faith. The infancy gospel of Jesus. That's have, right. Yes. Oh, them get infancy gospels will have you. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's amazing. Why did they keep that out of the Bible? Why did they keep the infancy gospels out of the Bible? Because I love the infancy gospels. They're just so good. Did you also read the infancy gospels where um, Mary was wrapping, was washing him in the bathwater and they were taking his bathwater and being healed with it? Yes. Very fascinating. As soon as you, uh, I went on YouTube after that like crazy. And then I didn't look at just one version of it because you know you have several different ones. Some where they just so read many the different story. scrolls and so books. Many, yeah, yeah. yeah, but the story was the same of it all, and I just sat there, mind blown, like wow, wow. And they never told us that Mary herself was magical, and that she, the angels, right. she could eat food. The angels fed her for the first several years of her life. They didn't tell us anything right. about Mary. My mom was blown when I heard that she saw angels as a child. Yes, when she was a child. She had a miraculous birth, too. Her mother and father. No. But they didn't tell you any of that. It, no, because I, Jesus was only got all of that because of the Trinity, right? She had nothing to do with it. She ain't had nothing to do with it. <laughs> we just need your womb, Mary, and then sit down and shut up and look cute and don't say nothing. Just be the mother, our great mother. And that's it. And and, and look, the Catholics, at least the Catholics have her as the great mother because in the Protestant religions, Mary ain't nobody to them. It's all about Jesus. You go in, if you go in the Baptist church, is are they talking about Mary in the Baptist church? Other than on Christmas that she gave birth to our Lord, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all day, all the time, no matter what, Jesus is the answer. That's right. I think there's more. I think there's more. Matter of fact, I don't think, I know there's more. No, it's more. Oh, yeah, yeah, so much more. So much more. So, yeah, do you want to tell us how people can support your incredible work of being an artist on this planet? Sure, absolutely. So my YouTube channel is Roberto Del Rey, and so is the Patreon page, which I have been updating and adding more as time go on. Uh, It's exciting to put the work out there. You know there was a big fear for me for so long, so... It's exciting to uh, get the word out, to put it out there. Come on by, I have video clips, I have some uh, audio clips. Uh, I want to make it uh, so that you laugh a little. I have some pictures too, and uh, just come on over and see. Well, Robert, you are Roberto Del Rey, you're busting out because I tell you, you got clips, pictures, videos. You have a YouTube channel. This is this is the first I'm hearing of it. I love it. Yes. What caused you to be able to come out with your gift to the world? Because so many people are so afraid to do that. Uh, the, the soul, the, the inner being is saying, 
have to. And, and it was amazing because it came during this pandemic when people felt like they lost their way and they started looking towards something. And uh, like the Christian wishes that we did online the first time and uh, the response, people were like, I remember that song when I grew up or how does he sing like that? Or, oh my God, today that really touched me. Then that's not about arrogance because I, I, you know, I honestly like you. It's like amazing to me. My family, like, where did you get this natural voice from? Before anybody even taught you, it was like, ah, oh, you sang before you talked. All of these things. So I always look at it like it's powerful to be able to open my mouth and sing something. And if someone is touched by, it, or I was going through something today, or my grandmother used to sing that song to me. I think that's a powerful. Uh, 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 conveyance to people really do it is do you do those old negro spirituals as they used to call them all the time I was asked to do one today yes I do are you serious which ones are your favorite oh man right uh, ride on King Jesus um, uh, going around the mountain uh, were you there when they crucified my Lord, it just goes on and on. Wow. I'm I'm just amazed. And every time you've come and sung for us, I'm always big about, hey, give money. So if you are hearing this, you know, we must support the arts. My son is an artist. He has an NFT drop coming up soon. Yes. He has an NFT drop coming up on December 15th. Okay. Getting in line right now because you got to get in line for the NFT drop so we don't break okay. You know, break the internet. Oh, okay, okay. And matter of fact, everyone go to his Instagram. I'll tell you right now where you can find it. This is a little aside. Yes, this is a shameless plug for the arts for my son, C Evans, S E E underscore Evans, E V A N S, on Instagram. And he has the link there Artist of the Eye. Artist of the Eye. And it is a new series he's created. He's created, I'm seeing him do his magic. That is his magic artistry. And <laughs> you see him do his magic, and it is, it is beyond this world. We know that when we are in our artistry, we are operating in realms beyond this world. That is where your artistry is sourcing, and it's flowing into this third dimension. And I tell you, Robert, every time we've heard you sing, we've cried for sure. So everyone support uh, the incredible work of Roberto Del Rey. A professional singer, globe traveling singer, globally renowned, incredible opera singer. It's a voice like I've never heard before. It's a very unique voice. And I believe that, I believe in supporting people that pour deliciousness into this earth plane because we do need more beauty, right? Poured into yes. this earth yes. plane from the arts. So, yeah. You want to say a little, uh, sing a line or two before we leave, or what? Um, I don't want to put you on the spot. It's up to you. Right, I mean, I, right off the bat, I'll do a little Amazing Grace, I guess. Oh, one of my favorites. All right, here we go. Oh. Uh-huh. 
Oh, thank you. Yes. 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 <laughs> standing ovation. Standing ovation over here. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to pay you well if you would grace us to sing at the Christian Witches Convention, of course. Uh, we would uh, request your presence, of course, at the Christian Witches Convention. And uh, compensate you, of course. And... I thank you, Robert. I thank you for being on this journey, heart and soul. I just thank you. I thank you. Oh, for thank, you as well, mm. thank you as well. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is all going on the Christian Witches podcast, and it'll be uploaded to the podcast later on today. Okay. It'll be on by eight p.m. tonight, eight p.m. Eastern time. It'll be on the podcast by tonight. So the podcast is so 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 fun. It's just got a variety of different things on there. So. Um, that's it for our morning worship service today. We're here Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time to get your praise on, get your inspiration, and start your week right. I love you, Robert. I love you, family. Peace. 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 Peace.